Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. Hey, what's up, Super Ninfrenos? I am your permanently temporary host. Thank you. Thank you. Seth Macy, this week we are talking Bowser's Fury, a release date for new Pokemon Snap Super Nintendo World opening delayed and much more. Joining me this week are Brian Altano. Hello. Tom Marks. Hi. And uh, we were going to have a special guest, but uh, something fell through. So hopefully we can get this special guest back on another very special episode of Nintendo Voice Chat. His name is Super Mario. <laughs> we were very excited 
Uh, but there was some trouble in the Mushroom Kingdom. He had to attend to. <laughs> uh, he just sent me a text. Actually, it said, uh, "I'm a late." <laughs> <laughs> it's L in the number eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Super Mario, let's talk about Bowser's Fury trailer. Uh, I'm assuming that you both watched this bonkers super saiyan cat giant uh ridiculous trailer for bowser's mm-hmm. fury we finally know what is the answer of bowser's fury it's literally he's furious he's so he's so mad he turned into a giant bowser and he wakes up and and throws ink at you and runs the, around thematically it is one of i think the weirdest and like most incongruous things I've ever seen Mario do, right? Like it's the cat Mario from 3D World. It's like hardcore metal angry Bowser, but then oh, yeah. you have Bowser Jr. with meow sprites, like Super Mario Sunshine style in a water world, but then mm-hmm. you turn into Super Saiyan cat. Like it's insane. It's just yeah. so weird. And not that that's like, an outright complaint about it. It's just very unexpected, like all those things coming together. It's it's exactly why it's impossible as a Nintendo fan. And this is one of the things I love the most about being a Nintendo fan is saying, uh, like telling them like, this is what you guys got to do next. Cause they're like, what? No, we're, we're going to do something <laughs> every single time. You're like, we think we have this figured out. They're like, no, this is, this is this now. Yeah. It looks, it looks completely insane in the best way possible. Um, this is a total bonus for me as somebody who hundred percent at the last game, cannot wait to play the, 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 you know, the, the port to switch yeah. again um, to have all this extra content is just like, I, that makes me so happy. Um, but this specifically is, it looks like it's kind of open world ish yeah. and it has this kind of increasingly. Yeah. Did you just pick, pick up on, on that Seth? What? That, it was that it's like, open- it's, yeah, so this doesn't really have like defined levels in it. It looks like just a giant kind yeah. of sandbox area that uh, as you're performing actions and collecting stuff and, and triggering events, uh, Bowser gets in- increasingly more furious. Irate. And, and, and furious, I guess, in the background. And uh, eventually, sort of like the, I guess, like the Blood Moon in uh, Breath of the Wild, it'll, you know sporadically dawn upon you and you'll have to contend with the outcome which is uh, i guess scrambling to get this wet bell <laughs> to turn you into a large goku up, yeah. cat no but i think even the point is that the bell is like the end game thing mm-hmm. and you have to get enough of these like shine things to even activate the bell and otherwise you just gotta dodge bowser it's what it's very different structurally yeah. than anything we've seen mario wise what was the name of it's not just like the shine it's like cat shines or Kitty i thought shines. it was like a meow shine meow shine something, something, like, something that. like that i was like okay it's it's i'm pretty sure like nintendo just went to a kindergarten and they're like hey <laughs> well they, what would they, you want to do in like a hundred different cases i want goku to be a cat and a kitty and a giant mean bowser to scream at me every 20 minutes they're no. they're like historically fantastic at being like okay we have this mechanic or this concept or this character and let's just extrapolate it in every possible diagonal direction that you can humanly imagine and it's it's kind of amazing because you're like okay so you guys did the cat thing right what are you going to do with it and they're like we're going to just go crazy with it we're going to milk it no pun intended we're going to throw every single thing at the wall here and see what sticks no pun intended like it's it's just non-stop and i love it because like this this is basically a spin-off cat themed dlc 
to like a vaguely cat themed game that came out, you know, a few years ago that not enough people played. Um, yeah, I no. will say though, I, I do want to like bring in the only negative I have about this mode. Um, mm -hmm. One of the big things I really love about 3D World is its multiplayer component. And this doesn't really commit to that. There is right. like a Bowser Jr. sort of like side mode that you can play with a, sec a second Joy-Con, which is great. Like it, that might be like playing two-player Super Mario Galaxy, you know, where like the second player right. is kind of like collecting uh, star bits and stuff like that. Um, hopefully a little bit more engaged than that. But I am kind of a little up upset that this new mode doesn't have like the two, three, four player multiplayer in the same way the base mode does. Cause that is like really, th this is an awesome game. That is really where this game shines. Yeah. It's, it's we, a very different thing. It mm -hmm. looks like in a lot, in more ways than one. And I agree. I missed that too. I'm interested to see how long this is going to be because it looks like there's only this sort of one large area, which almost gives me like shadow of the Colossus vibes as you're like climbing <laughs> these ruins. Right. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see kind of like how how long is this going to be? How often does Bowser show up? How much is there going to be here? And I, I I don't doubt like I don't have doubts about like it's going to be too short or anything like that. It's just like yeah, I'm very like we know what the structure looks like now, and I'm very curious about the scope. It, yeah. It's it seems to me like it at least it like it feels like two or three uh, Super Mario Odyssey shaped kind of like hub le hub levels right. uh, glued together. Um, with some you know events happening in the background and i think that's like that's totally cool like it, it seems like it'll probably take you like three or four hours to maybe 100 percent it and find everything in it and i'm completely okay with that like uh, yeah I, I wish it was multiplayer or more multiplayer but i'm completely gonna play every second of this yeah uh tom did you play the original 3d world yeah 3d world i love 3d world yeah i actually uh watching the trailer the other day uh reminded me just how great that game is and like how much fun we had my kids were much younger but like all of us my wife and the kids just playing through it you know doing crazy cat stuff and yep. having just the funnest time so then the addition of this bananas mode that doesn't make any sense where it just i'm, I'm it more feels... excited now than i was originally i had no right. idea that this was yeah it feels so much like this is and this is total speculation there's no reason to believe this is the case but it it feels so much like this was being made or experimented with or something for maybe you know 3d world dlc or maybe a right. Mario odyssey world or maybe like like this feels like they were just like playing with ideas and then like decided to use those ideas to bulk this up it, mm -hmm. rather than just being because the easy way to do it would be kind of what they did with picking three deluxe right which is mm -hmm. just here's more worlds here's more levels and like they didn't do that they did this weird other thing so it's gonna yeah. be gonna be cool to try i have so much respect for them to just be like oh it's 3d world and also there's this kind of sort of almost related but not related at all other than right. the fact that you turned it the giant goku cat yeah uh, it makes more no. sense why they're calling it plus bowser's fury right, right. rather mm -hmm. than just like 3d world deluxe yeah the the really cool thing about 3d world again for those of you who didn't play it uh which is again a lot of you because it was a <laughs> wii u game it was one of the better selling games on one of the worst selling consoles ever made um I enjoy the Wii U. I love the Wii U. I love the um, Wii U. We, we did this show for a long time during the Wii U era, as some of you know. That was, you know, I, rem I, I was listen. I was a listener back then. And yeah, we were... slim, slim pickings for news. But 3D World was like <laughs> one of the one of the biggest. That's actually where Get the Thing comes from. Um, but one thing that I really, really, really like about this game is towards the very, very end of the game, 
if you're still there and you're still trying to hundred percent everything, it does that thing where it's like, all right, are the are the kids sleeping? Okay, because we're gonna I'm gonna kick your ass now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that that game gets super crazy difficult towards the end. There are some yeah, like if you're really trying to hundred percent that game. It's awesome. Like the, yeah. there's there's a couple levels towards the end of that game that are some of the most difficult and challenging and rewarding things that Nintendo has ever made. And I really, really hope you make it to the end. I also want to point out real quick, um, Nintendo is quietly spinning up more sort of anniversary content around this game. Um, mm-hmm. Not in the same way they did uh, last year, obviously, but because uh, the birthday year is over. But they're still doing some stuff. And so they are putting out another set of pins on my Nintendo. Oh. So check those out. I wanted to bring that up. I yeah. was very excited because I missed out on the first, you know, I did all the, uh, all the, the missions and I missed out on them because every person under the sun. So I was very excited when they announced a second run. Uh, Justin, my boss was like, well, we should put together a guide on how to get these. And we looked and almost all of them had to have been completed in the past. So if you weren't doing these missions all along, um, I'm only eligible to complete three of the missions, but I need eight of the missions completed to get the pin set so, so that's check, kind of a check back because it does seem like they're periodically adding more i got one yesterday that oh, was like okay. read a news article on the news feed and then take a picture of the qr code or you know on your switch um which is cool uh this is actually a slightly different pin set than the one we got last time yeah. this focuses on some later 3d mario characters but yeah good luck trying to get it and um if you don't i don't good know it's eBay. tough man it's it's <laughs> good old ebay that's nintendo for you yeah they're Imagine- beautiful Imagine a world where they just sold pins. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they do, but they're just not as special as the, you know, that's what makes them so desirable. Like you have to jump through some hoops to get these pins, which are no different than any other enamel pin set. It's, you know, it's a dollar fifty in per to to uh to create them in bulk. Can I can I show you guys something super quick and explain yes, it for please. people listening? Hold on. Cause... This is not this is not in the run of the show, but I want to do this. Uh oh. He went rogue. I, like this. I know. I like it. You know, this is, this is, we're getting loosey goosey here on the show today. <laughs> okay. So at PAX a few years ago, uh, I wasn't there. I think I was on paternity leave. And um, they, uh, it was the year Link's Awakening came out. And they basically did this scavenger hunt in Seattle uh, where Nintendo handed out. Uh, musical instrument pins based on all of the pins in Link's Awakening and or all the musical instruments in Link's Awakening. And you had to basically go all over Seattle to find them. And I wasn't there and I came back to the office and there was like one pin on my desk. It was like a violin. And somebody was like, hey, I got this for you. And I was like, I want the whole set. And so uh, Andrew Goldfarb, who used to work at IGN. Oh, beautiful be- human being. Beautiful human being. Right before he left to go work on Ghost of Tsushima. Awesome game. Go check it out. Um, I'm not saying that because I'm friends with them. I'm saying that because it's an awesome game. Also, it's yeah. not a Nintendo anyway, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> left a whole stack of them on my desk. And I went on eBay and I found the pin card that goes behind them. So now I have this like framed window box set of Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening enamel pins with the pin board that goes on them. Um, that is so cool. Which is like super rare. Like the whole set goes for like a couple hundred bucks on eBay now. But I was Ooh. able to sort of piece it together. And I got the background for like 12 bucks. Because some guy was just like, "Here, I'm selling a, okay. a card for $12. <laughs> Someone will be dumb enough to buy it. And that person was me. So, Well, congratulations on being the dumb guy that bought something for $12. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. 
we have a question regarding uh, Bowser's Fury, actually, from Alex Gilbert. He's, he's asked, do you think Bowser's Fury is our big 3D Mario game for this year? Or do you think they'll have Odyssey 2 Galaxy 3 ready in the, in the oven for a holiday release? And he also thanks us for a great show, as always. Well, I mean, what can we do? But yeah, I, I, I don't think we're going to see Odyssey 2 or Galaxy 3 this year. Not mm-hmm. at all. No. But I, I also don't. I also don't think that this is what we should consider the like their big thing, like the big Mario game this year or anything like that. Like I wouldn't be surprised if we got another Mario thing this year. Right? Oh, really? Would you yeah. care to wildly speculate on the uh, record? <laughs> uh, I don't know. No, no. Um, I would not. But I, I, what I'm saying is like I, I don't can think that I would consider this like nintendo's big 3d mario release for 2021 i think it's like the the wii u ports in my mind have always sort of just existed in this sort of like other category to those things where it's like they're porting over games that didn't get a fair shot basically and they're adding Mm -hmm. a little value to them um yeah so i wouldn't i wouldn't consider this like the odyssey equivalent for 2021 but i also don't think we're gonna get odyssey 2 in 2021 yeah, yeah uh, like if you look at it, New Super Mario Brothers U was the last sort of big um, Wii U Mario game of the only, you know, there's only two of them that they could port over uh, outside of Mario Maker, which, you know, the second one exists on Switch. But that came out in 2019 and we didn't really see any other Mario games that year. So it could go either way. I would say that like the two kind of wild cards this year in terms of 3D Mario outside of 3D World is... I do feel like they're going to figure out a way to sort of eventize the re-release of 3D All-Stars. I know they said they, they're closing the doors on buying that digitally, but I do think they'll make like a different version of it that's maybe missing the soundtrack or, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. They're, like they're going to split it up into three, like you can buy yeah, it. Yeah, that, that's exactly, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but my big fingers crossed for the year is that they just port Galaxy 2 to Switch because that was... Yeah, I mean, kind of like needlessly uh, out of the picture from 3D uh, All Stars, and like that's kind of that kind of stings because it's a really good game. It it just wasn't even addressed. They were just like, "You're not here, goodbye." (laughs) And I I would love to play that on Switch this year. Yeah, that would be phenomenal because I actually missed that on the uh, on the Wii. So Mm. oh really? Oh man, I know. Galaxy, the original Galaxy, is like one of my oldest son's favorite games from that era. Like, he has so much nostalgia for that game. But you know what we are getting from Mario this year? is a new Super Mario Switch launching February 12th at the same time. Thank you. Thank you for applauding my segue there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's red and blue. and It's very red and it's very blue. I don't know what the Pantone code is for either of the colors but pear is probably researching it to see if he needs to buy it just to get the joy con because it's like one uh you know <laughs> one hue away from the red that they already have but i well, have a feeling it's it's not different at all but well very let cool me set. let me let me just answer that question really quick no he does not need to buy it but whether I mean, he is going to is the a hierarchy of thing. needs for pear is different than for everybody else <laughs> Joy-Con right? Joy-Con. yeah yeah I will say that, like, um, in terms of any kind of collecting or uh, and or addiction, it is important that you set you set parameters. And I think what Pear did is, air quotes, pretty smart because he decided to only collect Joy-Con 
which means that uh, people will buy these collector's edition switches or limited edition switches, and sometimes they'll put the Joy-Con on eBay and he'll buy them from there. Um, had he just been like, I need to collect every switch, like that's it's three hundred dollars plus shipping or import costs every couple of what weeks months at yeah. this point um the thing about this one though is the switch and the dock are red yeah yeah which is i really like that and the uh the joy con holder is is blue too so ah man i i am legitimately considering like so, i'm trying to think like what side hustle can i get on to get i want to point out nine dollars Oh, yeah, right? I, I mean, I wish there was a way you could just trade your boring Switch with people who bought the interesting one, you know? Or <laughs> or vice versa. If people are just yeah. like, this is too bright, I'm sorry, I need something gray and dull. You're like, well, I have the Switch for you. Um, well, that's the, the thing here is, is this, the, this is the first Switch that has been a different physical color, right? Like, they've done those sort of, like, like the special, the Animal Crossing one. Right, the, the, just the dock and the animal, they, uh, they have the backings. Yeah, the back have never done like a different colored. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's really interesting to me is that we're getting like an actual different color case of Switch, which before now you basically have to either skin it or mod it to which that happen. Which is crazy because if you look at like the N64, they launched that thing with like five different colored controllers you could buy from. Right. Um, What's interesting about this is this is not a red and blue Switch, it's red. Yeah. Like the Joy-Con uh, accessories, like the straps and the, you know, the Joy-Con grip and stuff like that. The case has some blue on it. Those things are blue. Removed from those things, if you're just holding the Switch and you're just docking the Switch, it is all red. So you really wouldn't even know that this is like a Super Mario themed thing until you put the stuff on. Then it looks like, you know, overalls. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, how, like... I guess that comes down to how much personal weight do you put onto Mario's overalls as part of his identity versus Mario's hat? Mm. I wasn't expecting such a deeply philosophical question this early in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be thinking about that for a long time. (laughs) You can come back next week with your answer. I'll take your mind off of it and we'll talk about Pokemon. New Pokemon Snap got a release date today. The release date. No, no, it's not coming out today. The release date was announced earlier this morning it's coming out april 30th uh are there any snapheads on the panel today sound off in the comments right now yeah all right tom you are a uh, pokemon snap fan are you so i'm assuming that you have a little bit of excitement going into this with today's news oh i'm i'm very excited it has a date and i'm very excited kind of that it's where it's positioned just generally it's like it's yeah end of april is a perfect time for this i think um usually that's going into a quieter period of of releases a little bit and uh this i'm super hyped for this i mean like i am i'll say i'm cautiously optimistic overall about like what it might end up being right Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of easy ways in my mind to make this game just not fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) but (laughs) it looks really good visually i think it looks really good and conceptually i'm really glad that we're getting it and i'm glad that it actually is a thing with a real date now and uh, this trailer made me excited just for like seeing how much variety there might be and how many different Pokemon, how much kind of like the animations look really, really good. So yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic in that there are a lot of ways to mess it up, but I'm, I'm very excited to see what they do with it and what direction they end up going. And there's also, as we're seeing right now in the B-roll, if you're watching on YouTube, like there's some weirdly cool cutscenes. it yeah. looks like, like, I hope these are not just for the trailer. I hope these are actual in-game cutscenes Cause that's, Maybe there's a little bit more story than than I'm expecting here. 
I'm yeah. I'm like not traditionally a Pokemon guy. Every couple of years, I'll I'll play like the first five ten hours or one and be like, oh, that's cool, and then get distracted. Um, sure. But I'm I'm really into this. Like this looks this looks gorgeous. It looks really fun. I'm okay with it being kind of simple. I keep thinking about this, but like I, I like I love sort of like amateur photography on on trips on vacations. I love to travel places and take pictures. I haven't gotten to do that in a very long yeah, time. I go, I go to my, to do that? yeah, I go to my, I used to host a travel show. I go to my yard now, you know, or like walk down the street. Um, and so this is great. Like this is, this is a like a insane animal safari that I get yeah. to take pictures of all these bizarre beasts. And then I guess real birds too. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a blast. It's, it's yeah. really gorgeous. Yeah. And I'm really yeah. into it. We've talked about this on the show before, but like the for, for anybody who doesn't get it, the, the appeal of Pokemon Snap, at least the original for me, was two things, which is one, the puzzle game aspect of it, of figuring out how to get the Pokemon in the right positions or and like get the best photos. And then two, it was just the like sort of zen, cutesy fun of taking cute pictures of Pokemon doing funny things, right? Like it, it was never more than that. And mm-hmm. I don't think it needs to necessarily be. It's yeah. this game doesn't need to be some incredible thing to me as long as it's like fun and exciting and relaxing, or basically, you know, like just cutesy. <laughs> That's kind of oh. what I'm looking for. It. Yeah. You know what I just thought of is how how great is social media going to be like April thirtieth yeah. for like the first oh, week? Yeah. Everyone's just like, oh, look at my Pokemon photos. It's gonna feel wholesome and wonderful. Um, yeah. They actually, uh, they've already released a guide for it. It's called The Decisive Moment by Henry Cartier-Bresson. And that's a photography joke. Look that one up. <laughs> a master of composition. Yeah. Now this... Damn it, Seth. This looks... <laughs> <laughs> this looks really great. Uh, and you're totally right. I think that like um, it's it's really understated how... Well, as you all know, we live in a nightmare world. And so social media is horrible constantly and it's infinitely depressing and it's just real and terrible. And then there's like the fact that over the last few months, years, photo modes and games have gotten amazing. So it's this great combo breaker of just like, oh no. And then all of a sudden Uh, you're like, oh, it's it's Garbodor. excited that is uh new pokemon snap coming out april 30th also on some sadder news but it's maybe not so sad super nintendo world's opening has been delayed indefinitely and that doesn't mean it's never opening that just means they don't know when it's going to open apparently, apparently it was Reef because Church. of a there was a huge uh like a, a theft in the park where someone had stolen <laughs> some sort of some, was sort, some sort of, sort of heist, heist. <laughs> I'm going to keep that joke going. I don't care. I love it so much. Somebody please edit the uh, Ray Liotta scene of him hearing about <laughs> the heist. It's <laughs> Brian talking about it. Um, oh, yeah. The Osaka Prefecture had a state of emergency due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The park was originally slated to open February 4th, which was so tantalizing. We were so close. We were so close. Uh, Universal Studios Japan issued an apology to guests and stakeholders alike, but... Uh, in my opinion, like, come on. This year, I decided I actually wanted to, like, follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television. Uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it, and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was 
kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN, and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with like Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea, and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN... It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. You don't have to apologize to us. Universal I mean, Studios this, Japan. Yeah, this is the responsible it. thing to do, right? Yeah. This is this is 100% the responsible thing to do. We yeah. are still in an escalating global pandemic. Um, and it, I think to me, February 4th always seemed fairly optimistic. Like they, they announced that date and I was like, oh, really? Okay, like, cool. And th things are potentially going to turn around as with vaccine rollouts in the next few months. And I think it's just a smart thing to do. It's a disappointment for sure. But like, just, you know, take like chill a bit, man. And like chill, take it easy and, you know, yeah. wait for things to get tangibly better and safer. And then, mm -hmm. then it's start inviting people to this place. Cause Japan's moving forward with the Olympics this summer anyway. So oh. like stuff is going to open up at a certain yeah. point. I just came up with the best idea to get vaccination rates up is that if you go to Super Nintendo World, they'll just vaccinate you right there at the door. <laughs> and then you're in. Go. Have fun. 100%. I think, it, I think it should work in reverse that, like, if you get vaccinated, like, tomorrow, 
you can go to Super Nintendo World. I would get like <laughs> 10 vaccines then, and then there'd be a problem. Yeah. There'd be a worldwide shortage. Just needles just sticking all out of me full of life-giving <laughs> vaccines. This got really dark really quick. I mean, I'm just being honest. I, I gotta be true to myself. So I would sorry. I would definitely not that I'm like delaying on getting a vaccine, but I would definitely get a vaccine if it came with a ticket to Super Mario World. That would <laughs> mm-hmm. be yeah. It's like you open up a Wonka bar and there's a yeah. golden ticket inside the vial. There's a golden ticket <laughs> in Super Nintendo World. All right, let's move on. The uh, Awata Asks book is coming also later this year in April. I don't know if you guys have seen this. I pre-ordered it like a million years ago. Like this is one of those things when I look at my Amazon orders, I'm like, what? Are, what's coming in April? I'm like, oh, yeah. It's basically they took like bits from the Ask Awata interviews that they used to publish on Nintendo's website. And then there's new thoughts um from miyamoto and the earthbound creator uh shig oh god i'm not gonna say it correctly i'm just gonna say the earthbound creator so yeah it's very exciting the uh ask iwata series was great there's a game center episode with uh iwata on it that is subtitled on youtube and i high it's like one of the most so good it's beautiful it's charming and it's so insightful and you like you just learn so much about just the process of video games and who Awada is and where he came from. Like I highly recommend seeking that out or check out the book, which I don't obviously know how that's going to be, but I have a feeling it's, it's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, do you guys know the eShop went down when the monster hunter demo <laughs> released? Like it just, no. yeah, we did it. Everybody. We, we brought it to the system to its knees. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that makes me happy. Like, not the eShop going down, but it makes me happy that there's that much interest in Rise. I really wasn't like, I don't know. Oh, just, I'm, I'm, people I'm excited. All day were like, where is it? I thought it was coming out today. Where's, where's my, they're like, junkies. <laughs> where's my, my demo, man? And then, yeah. it, you know, yeah, we crashed. I downloaded it uh, from the eShop on my computer. And then forgot that I had changed my Wi-Fi password, so my Switch just sat idly doing nothing <laughs> till last night when I realized the problem and uh, and changed it again. So, but have either one of you played the demo? Yes, I talked about it a little last week. Uh, that and oh yeah, that's I, right. Yeah, I I I'm still super into it. I'm surprised. Where I don't know if Brian has played it yet, but Brian, if you I haven't, downloaded it, I was part of the it. problem. That's step one. <laughs> You're okay. almost there. I did you, the same. You and me should go hunting then. Really? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I'm down. Yeah. Cool. I, I just don't want to have to sharpen my sword in the middle of battle. It's like, you know, it's a problem. <laughs> well, I, no promises there. Might have to do it. Sorry to say. I don't know. <laughs> Thinking about it. <laughs> there was a, a Gengar mouth pillow that everybody on the internet went crazy for. <laughs> I remember it was like yesterday. All I saw were pictures of like a Japanese businessman with his head in Gengar's mouth, just Mm -hmm. sleeping on the floor of a stark white room. And that was everybody was into it. And uh, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of into it, too. Nintendo or Pokemon, I guess, specifically has been making more and more of these like nearly life sized, incredibly expensive plushies. Right. Yeah. Like we yeah. all in the office pooled money together to buy that like five hundred dollar Mareep, right? Who that ended was... up with that, by the way? <laughs> um, I'm not sure actually. I know it's in safe hands right okay. now. Because that but... thing was it was the size of like a like a an power actual, wheels, an actual sheep. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. It was, it was actually like bigger than it. It was like a, a sheep that nobody had, you know, cut the wool off of or whatever they do. Sheared, Sheared yeah. is the word. Um, <laughs> 
I should play more Minecraft. Uh, th nobody had cheered in like seven years. Like it was just like this inflated, like huge puffy looking thing. And I went into the office like a week before like they closed the place down for good because we're moving uh, offices during the pandemic. Um, and it was just sitting by itself on this table. And our building manager guy, Pablo, was like, I've been dusting this and everything else. <laughs> and I was like, really? You're taking care of this? So sweet. It's just this huge lone sheep on a table that everybody, you know, crowdfunded uh, using everyone at IGN. All the IGN, like something like what was it, like 25 IGN employees chipped in to buy this like $400 sheep. It's oh I think it was 500. 500 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it was, it was a lot of people. It was like a, it was a nice bonding exercise. Everyone. Yeah. Coming together to get that thing. I'm happy to know it. It lives in someone's house. I, I imagine it's it's just Casey's like in Florida with just it's just an empty room and a sheep. <laughs> no, it has it has a happy home. Okay, good. Okay, good. I was worried that maybe somebody just drove it out to the woods, opened the door, said, "You're free now, buddy," because they can't survive on their own. That's a myth. <laughs> Could you imagine walking through the woods and seeing that like at night? That would be so scary. <laughs> Well, so see, any poke, it doesn't matter what any, poke, any Pokemon. Pokemon plush in the woods, in the woods. at night. <laughs> you know what the next step is, though? What's that? Crowdfunding a $250 Gengar with a long tongue pillow. Yes. Is that how much it is? Yeah, it's 250 bucks. The tongue is really, the tongue is like a red carpet that you it's can like a walk blanket, on. And then yeah. the pillow is the actual body. It's wild. It's yeah. like, it's okay. very strange. I uh, I didn't realize that part of it. I thought it was just like a hood that you. No, just, no, no. Yeah. Hey, you know, there's, I'm there's things I'm willing to do for comfort, but I don't know about a two hundred fifty dollar pillow I can stick my head. In. I get to, I got a sleeping bag. I get to stick my head in that and paint some <laughs> eyes on it and pretend it's. <laughs> I really love that this is the service this pillow provides to you is not like a plush of Gengar, but like a thing to stick your head in like that. Yeah. You're, you're thinking of it only in its functionality and yeah. not really in its form. <laughs> yeah. Like form wise, it's a life-size Pokemon with a huge mouth mm. that you a can hang out or in and around. Yeah. yeah ghost Pokemon. Function, functionality wise. It's basically just, yes. It's, it, it technically is a sleeping bag that you put your head in. Yeah, like, do you remember when you were in, in elementary school and the teacher would tell you to put your heads down when you were when you were because like everybody was being bad? Yeah, and then sometimes like, I don't know about you, sometimes I just fall right asleep. And imagine yeah, me if too. You could do that with a Gengar as a grown up. Like, <laughs> just comes in and tells the whole office, Yo, you guys have been bad. Everyone put your heads down and you just snuggle right into your Gengar and off to dreamland you go. <laughs> Counting Mareeps. But that's also horrifying because Gengar's whole thing is that he like eats dreams, right? Isn't that like his deal? Well, I he mean, can he can get the nightmares out of your head. Right. He just <laughs> eat them right up. Spit them out. You'll have good dreams forever. $250. Alright, that's enough about Gengar. Let's talk about let's talk about video games that are out this week for the Nintendo Switch. Once again, it's January. January has traditionally been a tough time for video games and movies particularly in 2021 for a million different reasons but it's not all bad because we got uh down in bermuda which i am not familiar with this is um, a game yeah this is a game that came out on apple arcade it's like a little visual puzzle game sort of thing okay came out on apple arcade last year and has just came out today uh on <laughs> i think it's switch and steam okay. um it looks cool i don't know of anything i i haven't played it myself yet 
Um, but it's really a charming visual art style. Our own Justin Davis apparently played it last year and thought that it was a little bit, um, like it felt a little bit buggy and he hoped that maybe that that was just like a launch thing that got resolved. So I'm looking forward to trying this this week and mm-hmm. seeing kind yeah. of how it feels, how, cause it looks really, really charming. And yeah, I like, like that a lot. Off of the, uh, off the I love art style. I love this art style. Yeah. yeah. So I'll report back next week. Yes, please. By all means, <laughs> we, we we're counting on you to play out <laughs> of Bermuda. Uh, this is a game that has, that I've mentioned every time we talk about it because I did not play it the first time it came out, but Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the game complete edition is coming out to Nintendo switch and other platforms. Friday, I believe, which is tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this. Never played before. Tell me I'm going to love it. Brian, am I going to love you're, this game? Yes, you're going to love it. This is one of the best uh, beat-em-ups ever made, hands down. So, um, yeah, this is... It, I, I think it's like... We, we've seen this genre sort of successfully, successfully you know, um, revitalized over the last few years with stuff like Streets of Rage 4, uh, right. River City Girls, which is awesome. Definitely oh, check that out. Both of those are on Game Pass, by the way, if you have an Xbox. Um, oh. And they are both on Switch as well. Uh, and so um, this this game was awesome. It was licensed, so it was a, a inevitably pulled down um, from stores. So if you had downloaded it like on an Xbox 360 or something, um, you didn't really have a chance to get it over the last few years. Uh, this is based uh, on the movie via the comic or vice versa. Um, but really, you don't have to know a ton about all that to just know that this is a really great couch co-op beat them up um you run around do combos get coins it's extremely um sort of like 32-bit river city ransom uh slash a little bit of double dragon it's just a blast it's the music is fantastic too awesome chip tunes um play this play this game the music's made by uh onamanaguchi yes oh a phenomenal chip tune artist um and also to, to your point, it's great in couch co-op, absolutely, but the complete edition, one of the things it does that sort of fixes a big gap from the original is it adds online co-op. Nice. So this actually oh, cool. is like playable in the the pandemic era as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I hope this game holds up because I haven't played it in a long time, but yeah, I loved it when I played it back in the day and you definitely don't need to know Scott Pilgrim stuff, um, but it's, it's really, really just beautiful and fun for sure sweet it's getting a physical release too am i correct uh limited run yeah limited yeah. Run games run, yeah. doing a, is a physical uh, for it i love what they're doing with that oh and i just saw uh an onomatopoeia on the screen it's like kapow that's too late i waited too long for that joke i'm sorry guys. <laughs> sorry to my listeners all the super nintendos really ate my lunch on that one <laughs> and finally biggest news we've got curling coming to the nintendo switch in the eShop for four dollars and 99 cents it's everybody's favorite ice-based rock knocking winter sport no that's curling. hockey mm, no you don't knock rocks with hockey that's so you hard su- to say <laughs> <laughs> you did really good with that this is that dr seuss puzzle you put in your <laughs> Nah, you don't knock rock with hockey. <laughs> I put this on here kind of as a joke, but I actually really think curling is awesome. The idea of it? No, I grew up very close to Canada. So on our cable network, they 
our cable provider, we had Canadian channels. And on Saturday afternoon, sometimes I would just watch curling. And it was a very relaxing sport to watch. Lots of it's very big in Canada. They're very proud of their their curling, not rocking, rock, not rock, rock, rock. not <laughs> yes. What I what yeah what I said earlier. Just edit that in red, please. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. It's kind of a drought, so we're all yeah. just sort of sort of hanging out, playing what we've been playing. Which brings us to our next section of the show what we are playing and i have been playing final fantasy legends (laughs) the game boy game uh, on the saga collection because it is it is not very deep it is kind of obtuse but not too terribly um too terribly much so because there's a Mm -hmm. million guides out there it doesn't make a lot of sense there's it's very Mm -hmm. simple it's it's scaled back so much and i just I can like sit on the couch and just grind around and just kill enemies and try to figure out it's weird systems that make no sense. Like when you feed a, 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 a drumstick to your albatross, you might turn into a skeleton man for some reason. Uh, and I find it very charming. Now this is, this is a collection of the three original final fantasy game boy games, right? Right. Which were actually saga games, right? They renamed final fantasy legend because in America, they thought it would they were just trying to ride the uh the the wave of popularity of final fantasy on the nes so they're like oh this game's sort of the same and kids are stupid so uh, yeah okay mm-hmm. uh, and i've only played i've never i'd never played any of these games before i'd always wanted to growing up like i was obsessed with the idea of these games so i finally got the collection and i've been playing it the collection itself is not great it's extremely bare bones they didn't add much of anything for extras but the games are actually kind of fun especially in handheld mode because you just pick it up you know fight some monsters go buy some some punch Mm -hmm. 99 punches that you can use and then just put it down again and pick it up in the next day in terms of um the ports themselves like i'm kind of bummed there's no you know sort of like making of art book stuff yeah there's nothing Uh, like that that's yeah that's a bummer but in terms of the ports themselves is it looks like there's oh you can play on different like uh, game boy I guess yeah, like you can actually basically. turn it uh, so that it's vertical, and you know you have to use the on-screen controls though. But like you're playing it on a Game Boy, unfortunately, it only flips vertically so that it doesn't work with the flip grip. It flips the opposite way. Oh, which is a super bummer because this would be you know a great game to play. Yes, flip grip, especially because the flip grip's like twelve bucks or something. But mm-hmm. it's. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It it doesn't make any sense. Like sometimes my mutant will have a spell. I'm like, oh, this is very useful. And then the next fight, he doesn't have that spell anymore. <laughs> and I don't know why that is. But it's kind of fun to not know. It just it really it's taking me back to like, you know, you remember when you'd play an old NES game and nothing made sense mm-hmm. at all. You'd have to read the book, the instruction booklet to find out what was going on. And half the time with me, we'd rent it and there wouldn't be an instruction booklet. To be like, oh, okay, this guy has to climb to the top of a mountain. Or you'd like God for some reason. You talk to your friends at school who were liars <laughs> and they would make up elaborate <laughs> things that they heard from like a cousin's brother who were like, Oh, if you stand on the bar in Final Fantasy, you could turn into a frog. Yeah. You would oh. go home and just try to climb on that bar for 15 minutes <laughs> or for 45. You know, stuff like that. It's a good it was yeah. a good era. Yeah, it was a good era full of misinformation <laughs> on the playground. Thankfully, those days are gone now. No more misinformation these days. We took care of it. (laughs) Stamped it out. 
No, you don't see anybody standing on a bar trying to turn into a frog anymore. Nope. Those days are long behind us. Tom, do you have any familiarity with this series? There's a metaphor in there. <laughs> Uh, I have familiarity with the first two words of the name of this series and (laughs) not at all with the third word. Yeah, I couldn't in good conscience, like recommend these games to never heard of a legend. No, (laughs) only only when regarding two of Zelda. You never heard of that movie with Tom Cruise and there's a unicorn. And if you touch it, Satan comes. Yeah. Or also the critically acclaimed Nickelodeon show, Legends of the Hidden Temple. I mean, just a lot. Okay, maybe I do. I have familiarity with some legends. How about that? (laughs) But not this one specifically. No, I never played these games. They were weirdly before my time, right? Because I never had an original Game Boy. Um, I got in on Game Boy with the Game Boy. I think maybe my first one was a color. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. This is a judgment-free zone, okay? We're not here to tell you whether or not you're a good person. Because you played Final Fantasy Legend, <laughs> and unlike unlike you, Seth, um, you're not. I old. don't. No, 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 no. I don't have as much of a to- like. This is just something I know about myself. I don't have as much of a tolerance for like going back to older games. I don't have nostalgia for like like I never played the original Deus Ex, which is this legendary, incredible PC game that everyone tells you is like just a masterpiece and then i went back and i played it i think it was like five years ago i started playing deus ex the original one and like i like couldn't stomach it just for kind of a lot of those older rougher edges yeah that that make older games hard to play a lot of the time and like i don't think that's controversial to say necessarily it's just i no, personally but then again i yeah and i just don't game. personally have a tolerance for that stuff a lot so it's not a game i'm like overly interested in going back to but i like yeah. still you know if you're having fun with it, that's awesome that's great hey. it's like uh it's like doing spreadsheets i love doing spreadsheets. <laughs> and that's why i like grinding grinding rpgs the other game i'm playing is this game called i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing it right odalis or odalis and i it, never heard of this game before if you name your game something like that and people can't pronounce it that's on on the person who named it not you well look <laughs> weird name that i don't know how to pronounce aside this game was on sale on the eShop the other day for 390 or for 299 i had enough points i was like yeah this looks kind of cool this game is awesome (laughs) it's like a like a castlevania 3 sort of vibe and the the aesthetic of it is incredible they have this great it looks like a crt it's not just like a like a filter but it like curves at the edges and gets a little like funky and weird looking like in an old uh crt would and it's brutally hard and a little bit frustrating but it's i highly recommend this six-year-old game that i just discovered and bought for essentially for free the other day because it's, this, it's phenomenal this looks awesome it is awesome you've got to check this game out it's it's like nine dollars normally and it might still be on sale for all i know but yeah you should check this game out it is it is rad what's it what's it called odalus odalus o d a l l u s rolls right off the tongue it does doesn't it well yeah this looks super cool everybody should check it out um brian's checking it out right now as we speak tom what have you been uh playing lately uh, I'm playing something I can't talk about until next week, but I will happily report back on next week as well if I'm if I'm around. Um, and then also I'm playing I'm playing a decent amount of Stardew Valley again. Nice. Um, so I've been playing this on PC co-op uh, because the 1.5 update just hit on PC, 
and is coming to Switch and consoles. Oh, okay. What does this update include? I mean, it's 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 added. It adds a lot, and it adds a lot that is more late game. So I haven't gotten to it yet. And for for you know, I'll avoid spoilers, but like it adds a new area. It adds some new characters, right? It's some pretty significant stuff. The stuff that I've seen so far that it adds that I really am enjoying is it adds a new farm layout called uh that's a beach farm so oh, like hell yeah yeah so the raising farm, up some lobsters right your farm is like surrounded by beach water and the whole farm is almost the entire farm is sand um which you can plant crops on but you can't use sprinklers on and so like it, it's basically hard mode because you have, it's like, in terms of farm layouts, it has like the second most farmable terrain, but 90% of it can't be used with sprinklers. And so you either have to go into things that don't need watering, or you're just going to constantly be watering your crops. And luckily, since I'm playing in co-op mode, that doesn't really matter as much because my partner loves going into the mines and killing things and mining, and I love just like farming at home. So I spend all of my energy the entire day watering and planting and dealing with crops, and then she's going off and doing other useful things, and it it works out, right? Um, the other I gotta thing- stop you there for a second. It's on the beach, so yeah. why would you have to water it? It's <laughs> by the ocean. That's, That's salt water. You can't you can't put salt water on the plants. They get sick. Throw up. You grow, you grow seaweed. <laughs> Yeah, you can't build a boat out of seaweed man it's because you're trying to grow trees over here in a game with like magical magical sprites and wizards and and slime monsters i don't question the growing corn on sand part of it that uh that that seems like the least unrealistic part Uh, of this game i hate that gritty you're also you're also cool with having to sharpen your sword in a game where you fight 70 foot tall dragon (laughs) monsters so you know it is what it is as they say Hey, I don't sharpen my sword. I sharpen my mostly blunt staff. Okay, so fair enough. Want to hone that baby up to a fine edge. Um, the other thing that this this <laughs> update adds, though, that I've already experienced and really dig, is it gives you an option when you're first starting your farm to uh, use remixed. It's just completely optional. Remixed bundles and remixed mine rewards. So you get like a reward every five levels of the mine you go down, and then. All- bundles are like the community center where you have to like get specific items throughout the year and turn them in for rewards so this is an option that slightly randomizes and changes things so that if you're like me and you've played through the entire game already but you want to see this new stuff you want to start fresh you want a new farm layout uh you can pick it up and it will you know it's not like drastically different but you're gonna be kept on your toes a little more it's a little bit fresher of, of an experience to go through this with the remix stuff. So I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. It is like Stardew Valley is such a good game and it just yeah. keeps on giving. And this is so cool that there's like, can be such a significant content update that shakes things up. So like, uh, late into the process here and into this life cycle of this game, which I did not think was going to be getting TLC this long, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, do you have any idea when this update's coming to Switch, or is it just soon? Near-ish future, but Near-ish. not anything, like, there's not there's not a date yet. I can't remember if I have this on Switch or PC or both, which is, <laughs> like, the case 90% of the time. But, yeah, I've been wanting to get back into this. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll have to jump, jump in now that there's a big old update and get yeah. completely lost in my 
in my world of imagination that I've created. Brian, <laughs> what have you been playing? Anything new? No. Well, it's <laughs> it's January, and you know what that means? Weird depression. Yeah. And so every single year, I start the year being like, I'm overwhelmed with sort of like co- cosmic I- ideas and and idiocy and i'm like what do i do i do something new do i have resolutions and i I just get like kind of i'm like where is my place in the world what do i do and so what i do do to combat that and climb out of that funk is dive back into video game comfort food which annually for me is stuff like link's awakening bloodborne you know breath of the wild uh metroid or um resident evil 4 and um i was in a meeting the other day with the great damon hatfield uh host here at IGN. And he said, uh, Hey, Brian, what were you doing 16 years ago today? And I was like, well, I was probably like drinking a beer on a stoop in Manhattan, wondering what to do with my life. Um, not a lot has changed. And so I was like, uh, what happened? And he goes, it was the release date of Resident Evil 4. And I was like, Oh, man, you planted this bug in my head. Now I can't get it out. So I booted the game back up, playing through it all over again. But this year, it feels a little different. Because this year, I have a feeling I have hope that Capcom is going to announce a remake slash remaster version of the game uh akin to what we saw with resident evil 2 resident evil 3 um they announced uh just this morning actually that there is an event coming up i believe on the 21st not the 20th because that's gonna be a different type of survival horror and um i i have fingers crossed that this is going to be the year where they announce resident evil 4 uh so yeah i'm playing through this game again i love it i have it memorized back of my hand i usually do this once a year i can finish it in about 12 hours i guess sometimes less and yeah it's just fun comfort food it gives me the uh the feeling of accomplishing something that i know i'm good at and that's sometimes like the kick in the butt that i need to get started on the new year and be like oh yeah I can, you know, I can accomplish things and there's some stuff that I can tangibly start and finish instead of just, you know, jumping on a hundred different creative projects at once and being like, what do I do? What do I go? What do I? Uh, and so, yeah, this is how I kind of get the bats out of my brain for a little while. And then I go uh, explore the world. Nice. Yeah. I remember uh, like when that game came out thinking like Resident Evil on GameCube, like, is that mm-hmm. even gonna be good and then my friend i was in living in arizona at the time my friend in back here in maine was like i'm i finished this game i'm sending it to you in the mail because it is so <laughs> incredible and he was right and then i remember just like opening up and being like this there's two discs what? yeah yeah it's and it's 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 one of those like two disc games where there there really feels like a kind of a shift in tone between the discs which is obviously yeah. missing when you play it digitally on switch um but uh there there's something wonderful to that i also there was um there was like a twitter like sort of thread going around the other day of people sharing like demo discs that they played the most and i was it got me thinking about the resident evil 4 demo disc which i it just was the entire section up until the end of the beginning of the village after you you know kill uh the chainsaw guy and leon looks around he's like where did everybody go bingo like the writing is so dumb i love it so much (laughs) um and i played through that a million times like that was just you know that was one of those one of those games game demos that i was just obsessed with did you ever get in any of those tom like just play a game demo a million times that came packaged in demo specifically i'd have to think um i can tell you right now i bought zone of the enders just for the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo. And I played the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo 
way more than I ever played Zone of the Enders. At one yep. point, you would finish the demo and it would give you a code and you would go to a website and you would type that code in and it would give you your leaderboard rank. And at one point, I was like 1600 in the world. I was like, look at me. That's so cool. Champion. <laughs> I hated then, how on 3DS, uh, they limited the number of times you could play a demo. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I remember talking with a friend uh, about how they had, there was like a Rayman game on there. It might've been Legends or Origins. It was like, I one of the games like never really actually got ported, but they put a demo out for it and then I believe canceled it. And so the only way to play that game on 3DS is in the demo version, which has, you know, 30 attempts and then it it's gone it's forever. Gone. It's like uh, like a Spawn's power. Like every yeah. time you use it, you get a little closer to going to hell forever. Yeah, just like that. Just like that. <laughs> Could you imagine? This is off topic. Could you imagine if PT had that? Oh what, my god! That, uh, limitation, like a limit, a limit on how many times you could play it. Because then there'd be people who are not only like have their console, their PS4 with PT on it, but like their PS4 with one play of PT oh, on it. It's the like when do you catch PS4. that in? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I. So I definitely played demos, but I don't no i can't think of anything that i Im- got entirely obsessed with off- yeah. offhand i remember the uh and i didn't i, I remember that final fantasy 7 had a demo but i could never remember what game it was it was actually Tobal number one was the game that had the demo for final fantasy 7 i have no recollection of that game whatsoever i couldn't tell you anything about it but i know that i owned it because i played that final fantasy demo a hundred million times and apparently never played Tobal number one. So Oh really? Yeah. I will I have uh, no recollection of that game. I'll also say shout out to the Nintendo DS for launching with the Metroid Prime Hunters demo, oh, which yeah. I played a ton of too. It had a multiplayer mode and everything. And that game didn't come out for years yeah. after that. That was supposed to be like launch window and it just Great. kept getting delayed. Um and I thought that was the most amazing thing to have like a 3D touchscreen controlled metroid game that you played with a stylus on this like weird little you know yeah. chunky layer cake pda that we they didn't know out. what it like, was like nope. why are there two screens on this nintendo's nintendo's over mm-hmm. they're done for well <laughs> see how that turned out they i would actually okay. be interested uh to hear from some of the listeners about like any game demos that you might have like played till the till the disc disintegrated inside of what <laughs> it was I can remember when they would, you know, you'd get a magazine for like $12 because there was a, like a disc of demos inside. Oh, of yeah. Uh, speaking of listeners, let's take some questions from the listeners because it's time for Question Block. That was the sound effect right there. I'm assuming it was edited in. I don't know. <laughs> don't leave me hanging, Red. Uh, this is from Liz Morgan. This is, she says, uh, this is not a question, just a humble request. Please make a humble shirt. request block. The whole request block. Please make a shirt that says Super Ninfrendos Podcast Beyond got an elderly Irish woman shirt. Let's level the playing field. Well, Liz, I'm going to tell you, I actually suggested this to my boss, Justin Davis, and he said it's never going to happen. He is on Twitter at AirJustin. So if you want to see a Super Ninfrendos shirt, make sure to go on Twitter at AirJustin and say, hey, I want my shirt by Gar. Is it because of le- like legal reasons? No, he just didn't. He didn't realize like that it was a thing. But he greenlit a uh, an elderly Irish woman T-shirt, and that was 
that's that was the most popular shirt of like the week that it came out no like, way the, the beyond audience went bananas and just like that was the top selling shirt that week so for, i don't know for 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 clarity we do a show called podcast beyond it's a playstation show every single week you probably know about it at this point but um somebody called lucy o'brien in the comments <laughs> They were like, I really like the show with Max, Jonathan, Brian, and that elderly Irish woman. And she just kind of like yanked it and was like, this is this is mine. I'm running with it. And yeah. then we turned it into a shirt. I Which did not know not... that anyone bought it. That's that is, is a extremely popular. Yeah, that was one of our best selling <laughs> shirts that week. So yeah, at Air Justin and tell him you we would like to see a super ninfer. like I don't already have like the uh, PSD file on my computer, like mm -hmm. just ready to go. Like, ready to you know, go just ready to start printing boom 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 but i don't i don't do the store anymore we have a new guy who does that and he's awesome um but moving along chris barrett <clears throat> excuse me wait 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 wait, wait, what, wait, wait. What, what, what? jumping on your your moment of clearing your throat to sneak this little backpedal in there Ooh. i was trying to remember what it was because i remember i still own a demo disc that i like the image of which is bored into my brain and it was the bonus disc that came with Mario Kart Double Dash. Oh, yeah. Wait. Mario Kart Double Dash came with two discs, a case with two disc slots in it. And there was a bonus disc that had demos for Mario Party 5, F-Zero GX, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Star Wars Rogue Squadron 3, and Sonic Heroes. Whoa. And I played that one a lot because it came with Double Dash. So I still oh, have that man. one. I still remember that one. And that'll be my shout out. And now we can move on. <laughs> there was another... There was another one. Do you guys remember that demo disc that had it had Billy Hatcher on it? No, but I loved Billy Hatcher because a stupid little child. <laughs> I don't know you... if that game's good, but I loved Billy Hatcher when I was a kid. I don't know what Billy Hatcher is, so this. Okay, is yes, this was called the GameCube. Game. The GameCube preview disc. It had um, it. It had demos for Beautiful Joe, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg, and Sonic DX Adventure Director's Cut. Really just all a bunch of characters that are just together, all the, you know, just all on the I same page, that. you know? I love that Sam Fisher's, he's in the corner being all, like, pissed off, and he's hanging out with Beautiful Joe and the guy pushing an egg, and then Sonic the Hedgehog. Billy Hatcher Did for he... Smash, people. Let's get a movie. Oh, let's get that hashtag trending. Let's get some real mad people when it doesn't happen. Hopeless. <laughs> Waluigi is more likely. Oh, yeah. That's actually one of the questions that we have later on. Oh. In Waluigi uh, preview for it. Chris Barrett asks, uh, so the last few weeks, NBC has been talking a lot about revitalizing existing Nintendo IP, but here's my question. Would you rather have them take an existing IP like Star Fox or Kirby and take the series in a new direction, or would you rather see Nintendo experiment with an entirely new IP? Hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, I uh, as much as I would love to see them take like Star Fox in a new direction... Uh, Splatoon was such an amazing surprise. Like, I would love to see them come up with another, like, new sort of IP like that. Because I, I remember when they announced Splatoon, I was like, a shooter with ink and squids and kids. This sounds real, real dumb. And then it turned <laughs> out it's just so beautiful and wonderful. And I love everything about it. It's so charming. So, um, yeah, I would rather see them just experiment with something new because they they can do that. They're Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined more, to agree. Right? Hold on. What's that? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead, Brian. No, no, you want to talk about ARMS. I think that's we should do that. Oh, well, uh, well that's what I was just going to say. Is like Nintendo at the beginning 
Switch had this sort of like, or a Wii U and Switch, right, with, with Splatoon going into ARMS, has been experimenting with new IP. And I think they generally are really good at making compelling worlds like they've always been and making compelling sort of styles. But like, Splatoon has its fans, and I think Splatoon is a very cool game, but it also did not like light the world on fire, I think. And then similarly, to the point where like, like we don't really know what ha- is happening with Splatoon 3, right? Like it's not like it became a staple Nintendo IP. Um and similarly Arms kind of like came and fizzled pretty quickly. Went, yeah. So like I trust Nintendo a lot and I think that they can create really good worlds, but also I don't think that saying I want a new IP from Nintendo is necessarily like the safest bet of like we're absolutely going to get a banger from that. You know oh, what I well, mean? Yeah, I mean that's why that's why we get the same movies just remade and we get the same games remade. It's like right. it's so much safer when you've mm-hmm. got millions of dollars yeah. on the line, but in an imaginary wonderful world where like, you know, like the star Trek future where there isn't even any money. Captain Picard can't wrap his head around it when he's in the holodeck. That's when you could just, so when, basically what I'm saying is in the 24th century, Nintendo's going to have some bangers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd love to see them make new stuff. I, I don't mean to be a cynic. I think they're, they're very good at making new ip that excite me right yeah uh whether they set the world on fire after that is is you know i guess another question so i'd love to see them make new things i guess the answer to chris's question specifically is like just yes like i'd like to see them do all of these things right yeah i mean (laughs) and i'm gonna win uh brian what do you want to say about this do you want to see all crazy new yeah, I would like to, to do something new, actually, because I, I think about when um, they first introduced Pikmin as a new IP and everyone thought it was crazy and it and it worked. Um, same thing with Splatoon. Splatoon, like, I think, Tommy, you're totally right. Like, I don't know if it, like, lit the world on fire in terms of, like, sales and stuff like that. But I do think that it introduced, um, like, a really awesome new aesthetic and, and a sort of stable of characters uh underneath like a, a really interesting ip that looks different than pretty much everything else they were doing yeah it's um, a great it's a great addition to their lineup for sure yeah it's it feels very at home there absolutely and and i do like that that was spearheaded really by like the the younger scrappier like uh teams at nintendo like the you know if this wasn't really one of those like vintage old ips that had so many rules about what it could or couldn't do um it it was it was young and new and and different and it was messy and i I think i i like i talked to the literally yeah messy like literally i I talked to the devs about that once and i was just kind of like this is like uh, so many nintendo games are about like collecting things and like cleaning things up and you're basically going around like you're getting rid of the calamity and you're getting rid of the (laughs) the paint all over the place in in mario sunshine and then splatoon comes out and it's like mess up your room be a disaster destroy everything cover everything with paint you know like uh and i I love that so i would love to see more stuff like that from them stuff that's completely out of left field um you know like if you look at not like someone like isabel is not a that's not a new ip but in terms of like a new addition to animal crossing she became one of the most like recognizable characters in the video game industry which is crazy because we had animal crossing games for like 15 you know years before she was even a thing and so yeah, I, I think I, I think I, I want to see them try something new because that's yeah. that's always interesting. Um, and we have there's enough sort of nostalgia plays and, you know, vintage throwbacks and remixes and remakes that they do yep. on, on the reg. So, yeah, do something fresh. Just 
do do what you like, Nintendo. We're not here to judge. Do what makes you happy, really. Just whatever makes your day. Mm-hmm. Whatever makes it easier. To this get is out your of year. This you is take your care day. of yourselves. It's 2020 fun, baby. All right. <laughs> One last question. This is from Corey Hertz. Hurst, excuse me. Corey Hurst asks, do you want to see Wario and Waluigi in a cat suit as bad as I do? And I think you know the answer to that question. Yes. And it is yes. Because they would be the Heathcliff to Mario's Garfield. They would just be mm-hmm. all gross and dirty and maybe have like a patch sewn on it and a zipper just like broken. Sitting on a trash can lid in an alley eating like a, a, fish, a bone. fish bone. Just like, <laughs> ah. That's, yeah, I want that so badly. Yeah. Can that be, I hope that, Nintendo, if you're listening, and I know you are, um, can you can you have time to put that into the ending if we collect everything in Bowser's Fury? I think that's a really good idea. It ends and it just goes, it cuts to a cutscene of of Cat uh, Wario and Cat Waluigi, uh, or Claw Luigi, whatever you want to call him, Paul Luigi. And he's just basically on, an, on a tin, you know, on a can, and he's just eating garbage. That's, yep. that's all I, yeah, I don't ask for a lot, really. I just want the garbage eating Italian men in the cat suits. And get into a fight, and it's just a cloud. Yes, rolls around with some curlies. <laughs> like what a great, time. what a great idea. Yeah, yeah. If, you, I, if you're a visual artist and you watch the show, at the very least, since <laughs> Nintendo's definitely going to leave his hanging on this one, uh, if you if you want to draw draw Cat Mario or Cat I'll, Waluigi and Cat Mario, please do. <laughs> please screen grab Tom's face. You don't actually have to. Uh, there's no sort of timestamp because the last minute and a half that we've been talking about this, he's had the same. You don't, you don't want this? Of what disgust. are you talking about? I never I wanted want... Mario in a cat suit. Well, you that's didn't know the, you wanted Mario. No, ma- no magic no, of no. Nintendo. You don't know what you want until they give it to you, and then you can't stop having it. It's no, like no, no, Steve no, no, Jobs no. said famously: nobody knows what they want until you put it in a cat suit. That's right. Let me rephrase. I okay. didn't know I didn't want Mario in a cat suit until I saw Mario in a cat suit. And then I you was know? like, why is this middle-aged mustached plumber <laughs> in a kitty cat suit? Like I was I was off put seeing that's, him. That, that's that's what that's what tipped you over to the edge of that man of and everything he's been doing for 40 years. That? I would rather I would rather him possess the lifeless corpse of a cat like he does in Odyssey than uh-huh. get into a kitty cat suit it it, it, mm-hmm. it makes me uncomfortable I think you were great you were okay with him for the record you were okay with him doing uh surgery for years right <laughs> <laughs> like literal literal decades of him going inside people's bodies and pulling out viruses you were cool with that a plumber is that surgery i thought i said those were pills doesn't he like prescribe things recklessly it- I guess he's more of a, a psychiatrist. Though. It's actually, yeah, it's a misnomer. It's actually pharmacist Mario. It's not yeah. Doctor Mario. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think that the world needs to see Cat Wario and Cat Waluigi for science only. But I also think hey. that often science uh, is an affront to God, and that's what this would be. Yeah. I mean, let's do it. <laughs> let's go full bore. Yeah. Why not? And why not both? The sensibilities of nature and creation itself. Hey, I'm glad that we can all agree on that because that's all the time that we have for NVC. If you want to hear, oh, wait, oh, dude, I didn't edit the the outro. I was like, if you want to hear the this week's listeners' questions, just uh, rewind like ten minutes because we already went over them. <laughs> you can uh, head to our audio podcast on any of your favorite podcasting platforms like Spotify to submit your own questions. Write to us at nvc at, at ign.com or respond to our weekly question block post 
on the Nintendo Voice Chat podcast forums on Facebook, which I am an active member of, and it's the only reason that I have Facebook. Uh, thank you so much for watching. And remember, NBC is the only place where you can get the thing. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.